Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed might be good for investors and speculators on Wall Street, but it's a surefire way to create unnecessary worry for savers. Stay tuned as I show you how to avoid the greedy saver syndrome. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Greed. Webster's defines it as a selfish and excessive desire for more of something, such as money, than is needed. I can tell you one thing, in my 36 years of meeting with over 15,000 savers, I've learned that it's very easy for savers to fall victim to seeking more than what is needed. Yet, isn't that what life is all about? Working hard and saving hard so that you can spend the fruits of your labor on things that go beyond what is needed. Because in reality, we're all a tad greedy. Let's admit it. Think about it. All we really need to survive is a little roof over our heads, a pillow to lay our heads down at night, and a small daily rationing of food and water. That's really all we need. Anything beyond that falls into what we call wants. But since we're human, and seeing as though our basic needs can get a little boring, we tend to want more and more above what is needed, which is no problem unless we get greedy. You see, this innate desire of satisfying our wants can create more and more worry, or worse yet, something we call the greedy saver syndrome. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement, and I am the author of the Worry-Free Retirement, author of Live Well, Die Broke, and one of my favorite books we're gonna talk about a little bit today, Don't Follow the Herd, and yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest retirement planning specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker, and boy, was that a long intro to who I am as Aaron Orander sits speaking aboard over there in his chair. Aaron, America's favorite financial sidekick. Uh, Good morning, morning, morning. Yes, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you this morning, Aaron? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll. All right. Uh, uh, By the way, uh, is it okay to mention you had a child, a little accident yesterday. Everything okay in the home life there? Yeah, yeah. My uh, son, Preston, just, he just had a little just had a little uh, gardening accident, I guess you could say. The uh, He was pulling on the uh, hose of the sprinkler, and it flew up and <laughs> popped him right in the head. Now, did you have a soundtrack that went whoop, 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 yeah. whoop right after it? All right. Now, I shouldn't laugh at that. That's not funny. But he's good. Getting... He, he got a couple stitches. He's all good. He was a trooper about it, so he got to get ice cream afterwards. My mom, uh, Ma Joe, tells the story growing up in Lexington. We lived on a street called Rambler Road. And believe it or not, people say, well, you couldn't remember that. You were like three years old. My uh, brother Marty was throwing horseshoes. 
Now, I don't remember the exact incident as far as how it happened, but I think it was one of those things they were saying to Tony, get out of the way. Of course, hard-headed Tony, I wasn't listening. Guess what hit me upside the head? Right. A horseshoe. A horseshoe. So I'm running down the street, blood's flying everywhere. Nobody can catch me. <laughs> they finally catch up to me and throw a couple stitches in me. I was always getting hurt as a youngster. Were you accident prone? As oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got hurt all the time. Well, I was the third child, so. Oh, Yeah. You know, by the time they got to me, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, he's okay. We don't need to go to the hospital. He's okay. Speaking of third child, we've got three children. I think about it, and they're four years apart. So Philip, when he's born, you know, through age five, I think we've got like 6,840 photos of him. Then Lacey came along, our second. We, we narrowed it down to about 3,000 photos. And then Anthony is our third. I think we took three pictures of him his whole life. It's, yep. a, it's funny how that last child kind of gets. All right. So here's we're talking about the subject, Aaron, that nobody really enjoys talking about. Nobody wants to admit. Would you admit on occasion you can be a tad greedy? Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? There's actually, you know, Michael Douglas. That was in the movie with Michael Douglas where he's the Wall Street baron talking about how greed is good. Greed, for lack of a better word is good. Greed is right. Greed works. And I, I think I see his point. I wouldn't say greed is good, but I think a healthy dose of being ambitious is all right. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we're all here to make money and try to improve our lives. And as long as we don't affect other people negatively, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little dose of uh, positive greed. But what we're talking about today, folks, if you're a saver, if you're that person riding around in your car and you're thinking, I'm more concerned about the return of my money than audit, uh, you got to be careful falling into something called the greedy saver syndrome. It's a term we came up with. You know who actually came up with this term in our office, Aaron? Nope. Gina. Gina did. Yeah. Okay. We were talking about that. She said, well, that sounds like savers are being a little greedy. So what I'm going to do, I've never done this before. Aaron, I know you didn't want me to do this. You're saying, Tony, you're breaking the flow. I want to start off with a Tony in the trenches. Okay. Because I think this Tony in the Trenches question we recently got will help set the stage for what I'm talking about for the greedy saver syndrome. You okay with that? Sure. All right, here it goes. This is from a fellow in Louisville by the name of Carlos. And Carlos writes, Tony, I'm 55, thinking of retiring around age 60. Now, these are the words of Carlos. I will not fill in the blanks. By the way, folks, this is a G-rated show. And he says, I'm tired of losing my in the stock market. You can fill in the blanks. Most of my money, Carlos goes on to say, is a company provided 401k, which I had 100% in growth mutual funds, that's the stock market folks, prior to the coronavirus hit that we all took. Now, this is the part that's interesting, folks. Remember, uh, we're assuming here Carlos is a saver, but he's got 100% of his money in the market. So he says, I tried to get out of the stock market, but mistimed it. In other words, the market had gone down. We'll see this in our next segment. Carlos, thinking he can time the market, gets out, and he says he lost a bunch of money in the process. So what do you think happened, Aaron? The market was high. It tanks. Carlos gets out. What, what happened? It went it back, back up. up. Yep. Yeah, so as we record this show on July 14th, 2020, folks, Carlos tried to time the market. So let's finish up with Carlos's TNT. So basically, Carlos is tired of trying to time the market, realizes he's probably not real good at it. We're going to find out most people aren't, by the way. So basically, here's the end of his question. At this stage of the game, Tony, how much money should I have invested in the stock market? And folks, that's a great question. When I come back, 
I'm going to answer that question. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. I keep hearing conflicting information about annuities. Um, some advisors say they're good, and some say to steer clear um, of them altogether. So are annuities good or bad, or how do I find out the truth? <laughs> well, first of all, I have written a little booklet that people can download at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. It's called the Annuity Decision Guide for Savers. So I've used my 35 years in this business to write a booklet that at least anybody can understand what they are first. Most people really don't know what they are. And in fact, a lot of people on Wall Street who tend to not like annuities because they don't sell them, they don't really understand them. So what I would say is annuities are the only guaranteed contract out there issued by insurance companies that can protect your principal, plus make sure you don't outlive your money. So the first thing somebody needs to ask themselves is not whether annuity is good or bad. They need to ask themselves, is there anything I have in my 401k that can guarantee me that I won't run out of money? And more than likely, the answer is no. Then if that person says, you know what? I want something that will make sure that I don't run out of money. Well, guess what? They're going to have to look at an annuity. The other funny thing about annuities and why people don't like them, pensions. You've probably heard of pensions. Pensions are annuities. So I'll have people come in sometimes and they still have a pension from their old employer. And you look at it closely and it says your annuity payment is X. So it's interesting annuities per se. Annuities have been around longer than most investments. They've stood the test of time, and I think the main reason people don't like them is Wall Street has infiltrated so much into the 401k, something that wasn't around when my granddad was even alive, and they've taken over the narrative to make people believe that Wall Street, stocks, bonds, mutual funds are the only way to go, and that's just not accurate. So annuities are pensions? That's a good way to put it. I call the annuities mailbox money. So what was the origin of this mailbox money I'm always talking about? So if you go back to my granddad, he worked for Bell South. He started there in 1932, retired in 1978. Ironically, Tina, that was the same year that the 401k was enacted into law. See, the 401k hadn't been around that long. Okay. Prior to the 401k, everybody, like granddad, enjoyed pensions. You've heard of pensions, right? Mm -hmm. You worked for your employer. If you kept your nose clean, stayed with them and retired, the employer would in turn pay you a pension for the rest of your life. My granddad got a pension. Uh, here, here's a shot of, you want, here's a statement of his pension. You want to take a look at that? So look at this, 700 and some odd dollars a month, but that's what he got for the rest of his life. Now you might say, well, that's not a lot of money, Tony, but it was guaranteed. And my granddad had enough sense not to spend more money than he had coming in. So he was fine for the rest of his life. So a pension is an annuity. So what happened was when the 401ks came onto the scene, Wall Street controlled the narrative employers got away from pensions. People kind of forgot what a pension is. Most young people don't even know what a pension is. So what we say is, well, yeah, pensions have gone the way of the dinosaurs, but we do have private annuities that can emulate what my granddad enjoyed all of his life, which is mailbox money. So yes, I love annuities because you're not going to run out of money with an annuity. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no obligation appointment. Let us help you today.
Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And uh, we are taking, talking about this saver syndrome where people get a little greedy. Uh, you've met my wife, Susan, right, Aaron? Yes. Okay, let, let me start this off this way, folks. Uh, I will answer Carlos's tech, uh, question here in just a second, but there are really two types of savers. There are savers like my wife, Susan. <laughs> Aaron, this is a true story. She inherited a little bit of money from her mother when her mother passed a couple of years ago. Now, keep in mind now, we've been married 36 years. I've known her since high school, right? Yep. And I just assumed she would just say, Tony, here, take this money and invest it. Guess what she had to do? Have you heard this story? Uh, I think so. She set up an appointment to come see me at the office. Hmm, okay. I thought, oh, this is serious. So she shows up. It's like I'm talking to my wife. Oh, hey, Susan, uh, you know, well... Go ahead. I said, go ahead with what? Well, take me through this process you've been talking about. She makes me get on the whiteboard. I'm writing things. She looked at me. She said, Tony, all I can tell you, if you lose any of this money, I'm going to kill you. So I thought, man, this is serious. So the first saver is like Susan, who hates losing any money. All right. This show is actually dedicated to the second type of saver. This, it could be this first saver like Susan, but it could be the second type of saver who is okay with a little bit of risk. You with me, Aaron? Okay. Yeah, I mean, Susan wants no risk, but there are savers. Remember, a saver is defined as a person's more concerned with the return of their money than on it. But there are savers that are okay with some risk, like Carlos. Okay, so let's, let's kind of see what really happened. Let's, again, we're recording the show on July 14th, 2020. Let's go back in time at the first of the year, 2020. Man, it was starting out like a bang. Uh, we were all excited to go to Disney World. The stock market was all-time highs. Unemployment was low. And all of a sudden, this flu virus hits our shores, creating panic. The government hastily shuts down the economy. And guess what that did to the stock market, Aaron? Between February and March, guess how much the stock market dropped? Do you know the amount? Uh, well, I do because I've worked on the graphics. Oh, but that's I'll, true. I'll just say 30%. 30%. That's a good guess, seeing as though you've already seen the answer. 36 four percent so let me break that down folks if you say well, what can, what's that even mean well that means if you had had in february of this year a hundred thousand dollars let's say you're carlos in your 401k basically in roughly 33 days we'll call it overnight uh, but 33 days later your hundred thousand would be worth 64. how's that sound aaron can you imagine being getting ready to retire and this just happened no. <laughs> okay, it's okay with you sitting over there. What are you, in your 30s, or early 40s? I mean, you, you've got time, but we're talking about people retired or nearing retirement, all excited, and all of a sudden they look at their 401k and it looks more like a 201k. Now, what happened was, in Carlos's case, he tried to time the market. He thought it was going to get worse, so he got out. You with me? He jumped off the ship, jumps on the safety of the dry land, and he's at 64,000, but now the market went back up. So he's still at 64000 Now he's got to decide, does he get back in? You, you with me? What a dilemma to be in. Yeah. Okay. So C Carlos was trying to time the stock market, folks. Now you say, well, I, I don't people try to time the market all the time? Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. If you're watching TV, especially in volatile times, you'll see all these ads if you watch a lot of these network television shows that involve money. There will always be ads on there. You know, uh, John Doe predicted the market crash of 08. Find out how John Doe does it and move forward and turn, you know, $5 into $5 million overnight. It's, it's all about John Doe apparently thinking he can time the market. Now, there's an article that came out recently. In fact, Dalbar, D-A-L-B-A-R, has studied this phenomenon for years. 
Uh, you know, I'm a big fan, Aaron, of John Bogle, who, who kind of created the Vanguard family of funds. What they keep discovering time and time again is if the stock pickers, the so-called experts, try to time the market and pick stocks instead of just going with what we call an index, like an S&P 500 index. Did you realize, Aaron, the vast, vast majority of those stock pickers can't even beat the indexes? What was it, about 90% or something? Do you, do you have that study in front of you? Uh, not in front of me. Okay, I, we'll, we'll pull it up later. But, but the bottom line is, years ago, John Bogle said the same thing. He had a great one-liner. I've always, I've always remembered this. You know, when people are trying to time the market and pick this and pick that, and John Bogle said, you know, you can purchase an index that includes all the stocks and keeps you from having to do all this hard work and missing out on the market, et cetera. And he had this one-liner. He said, why try to find the needle in the haystack when you can just buy the whole haystack. So with this process, what we decided to do, okay, so how are we gonna help savers then? You say, well, Tony, what do you do? How are you going to help me guarantee some of my money or a majority of my money, I would say guarantee the majority of your money if, you, if you're truly a saver, but also quit timing the market, but have some money in the market. So what we believe, it's not necessarily timing the market, but it's time in the market. There's a big, big difference. And what we've developed is something called the split IRA concept. And this split IRA concept works wonders for, for, for the saver. Why is it so important for the saver to have a split IRA concept? Because what you have with this split IRA concept is a way to have your cake and eat it too. What we can do at Tony Walker Financial, we can set up a game plan that includes some risk. If you'd like to take some risk with your money, no more trying to time the market, no more sleepless nights. And then on the back end of that, we provide our beloved guaranteed mailbox money so that you won't run out of money. So when I come back, we're going to talk about the percentages of market, how much Carlos might consider having in the stock market. I'm going to answer his final question. So when we come back, I'm going to actually demonstrate how the split IRA works, how you can have some money in the market without the fear of running out. You're listening to The Worry Free Retirement. I'll be right back. Well, with us in the studio is our own Lisa Allercamp, all the way from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Lisa, first of all, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And uh, as we said, we just wanted you to share with the audience a little bit about, uh, first of all, your background. You came out of the financial world. And then since that time, your work at Tony Walker Financial. Sure. Of course, my background is in financial management. And previously, I was employed in the banking industry for several years, held various, uh, various positions in the bank. Did a little bit of accounting before I came to you into the retirement planning services. And I think I told you this, you know, we were actually looking for another staff member to fill this position and you didn't have quite the qualifications for this one. We needed somebody that had a little bit of investment experience, but I told Heather, I remember us saying, we've got to hire that young lady. I was so impressed with your background and you've, you've worked out to be a wonderful employee. And with that accounting background, it's helped because now you're doing a lot of our income plans. Explain to people when you first started with Tony Walker Financial, maybe what a retirement planning specialist you thought to be and what we do in terms of the extensive work. Right, well actually I didn't really know all that went into <laughs> retirement planning. It's been very eye-opening, but very rewarding to learn the process. Of course, with all the income plans, all the analysis that goes into each one and they're, they're specific to each individual client. Uh, so there's a lot of work that goes into each, each plan. 
And then also, your, give us your des designation in terms of your certification in Social Security. That's been very helpful to our clients. The actual title is Certificate Holder of National Social Security Advisors Association, which just means a little extra training that allows me to assist clients with any of their Social Security issues. And so what would be a good thing to do, uh, Lisa, if somebody has Social Security questions? Uh, there's a lot of things that come up about, you know, when to file for Social Security. Do I wait? Do I start? What about if I'm divorced and have a former spouse? How do I work in terms of filing for that? What would be your suggestion to them and what are the, the process we go through with those particular clients? Sure. All kinds of questions come up with Social Security. It's a complex a complex thing, so I'd welcome anybody to contact me at the office or email me at lisa at tonywalkerfinancial.com. I'll either know the, off the answer, but if I don't know the answer, I do have resources that I'll be glad to, to find out. Well, Lisa, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come be with us. You've become an invaluable employee, and we very much appreciate you and the work you do for our clients. I'm glad to be here, Tony. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Tired of the roller coaster ride of the stock market? Let Tony Walker show you how to smooth out the ride with your money. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And in case you're just now joining us, we're talking about this syndrome called the greedy saver syndrome. And in case you're just now joining us, folks, it's okay to be a little greedy, but we don't want to be a lot greedy. So how do we match this up with our personality? Assuming you're a saver, assuming you don't like taking a lot of risk, but you're okay with some risk, assuming you don't want to try to time the market, maybe you just missed out on this last drop and then back up, and you don't want to stay on the roller coaster ride of the stock market, but you need a full-time advisor. How do you pull that off? Well, the way you pull it off is with something called the split IRA concept, which I'm going to go into. But first, I want to ask Aaron a question. Aaron, 100% money back guaranteed. Have you you've seen those commercials before or those ads? Okay, if you're getting ready to buy something from somebody, a vendor, how does it feel knowing that if you don't like the product or not satisfied with the service, that you could turn the item back in and get 100% of your money back? That's a good feeling. Have you ever have you ever done that before? Have you ever had to return something and they just with no questions give your money back? Yeah, yeah, I've had to return something before. Uh, I have a rifle that. <laughs> uh, well, I get. I mean, this take is the a first rifle thing I back. Of. Wait a minute. Would you just use it once and took it back? This would be very no, suspicious. No, 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 okay. no. The rifle's fine. I actually shot it last <laughs> week. It was fine. Uh, but I have a scope on it that was sent to me by a really well-renowned company in California. And uh, when I got it out of the packaging, immediately something was wrong with it. It had like a, it had like, I don't even know, like some type of chip in the glass or something. And it was just reflecting weird or something like that. I don't know. So I just took some actual pictures of it. I sent them to the company and said, hey, I got this just now. Got it out of the box. This is what it looks like. Immediately, they were like, no problem. We will send you another one. And they didn't even make me send the, the, wow. the messed up one back. Did they you said put it on just, eBay and try to sell it. No, no, okay. no, I kept it. I thought, well, maybe I could fix this, but I don't know anything about <laughs> rifle scopes other than I like them. Um, so I just, uh, they, yeah, they emailed me back and they said, no problem. We're going to send you a brand new one. Don't worry about even sending us that old one back. It's, it's useless. 
that's that's awesome. Yeah, I've had a few of those instances. Uh, I never forget back in the day when I was a youngster. Actually, it was hard to return things. Did you? I mean, back in the '60s and '70s, people don't realize they didn't like taking stuff back. Uh, years ago, there was a Roses department store in Bowling Green, and my dad had got a TV, and we tried it out, and he didn't like it. So he takes it to Roses. I'm following him in there. Okay. And uh, he plops it up on the counter, and the lady goes, uh, can I help you? And he goes, yeah, uh, I need to return this. She goes, well, do you have a receipt? No, no, I don't have a receipt. I just need to return it. And he goes, she goes, well, what's wrong with it? <laughs> and all of a sudden, he goes, I guess he just thought of something. He goes, well, uh, his mother duplicated the gift. She didn't give me a TV. I mean, she's like, oh, okay. So it was just a funny story. But wouldn't it be nice, Aaron, let's say you were in the stock market. You had $100,000. This recent pandemic caused it to go down to 64000 and you just call up Wall Street and say, ah, give me my money back. Put me back at 100000 And they say, well, absolutely, Mr. Orander. And the next day you had 100000 back in your account. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that'd be cool. 100% money back guarantee. Now, that ain't going to happen, is it? So, no. folks, that's the problem. So, since there's no money back guarantee, what I thought I would do, uh, I mentioned earlier one of my books, one of my favorite books I wrote, actually, I think it came out in 2010, Don't Follow the Herd. Don't you love the cover of that, Aaron, with the cows jumping off the cliff and all that type of thing? And yeah. So, oh, I don't know if you knew this. One of my clients had a young child, and I was over visiting once, and then I saw the book setting out, and I said, oh, you, and his little daughter was like five years old, and said, oh, you, have you seen the copy of my book, Don't Follow the Herd? And she looked at it real funny. She hadn't seen it. And uh, I pointed to it, and he said, yeah, she had seen that before. And she said, Daddy, I think I want to be this cow. She pointed to the cow that hadn't quite jumped over the cliff yet. So even she understood the... Uh, the potential disadvantages of following the herd. So we don't want to follow the herd, folks. Just because somebody says they're making a lot of money or the stock market's gone up, if you're a saver, you have to be very, very careful to stay the course. And what I did in Don't Follow the Herd is I used this example. So I'm going to use the remaining time. So hopefully in the remaining time, this will kind of give you an idea of the stock market, the volatility, and why you really don't need to take a lot of risk. Okay. Now remember, these numbers are not, we're just using hypotheticals. So please, what I'm getting ready to describe as the split IRA, we're using an example on purpose of 4.83%. I cannot guarantee you'll get 4.83%. We're just using this as an example to compare it to putting 100% of your money in Wall Street or what I call Wally World. Okay, so let's imagine the first year you're in the stock market, and let's just say the stock market goes up 20%, which is good, right? And let's say we've got our split IRA concept with a lot of guarantees and a little bit of stock market, and we make only 4.83. So Aaron, if we were to stop there, if you invested with me and your buddy was at Wall Street and he made 20 and you made 4.83, are you gonna be real excited about Tony Walker? No. No, good, good answer. Let's go to year two, 20% again with Wall Street. Aaron's got the split IRA with Tony Walker Financial. We make you 4.83. Now you're probably starting to fume a little bit, aren't you? A Little bit. Yeah, okay. But what happens in year three? What if the stock market goes down 20%? 20%. Now remember folks, the market's gone up for two years in a row. So if you lose 20%, you're actually losing more than you think because the market's gone up. For example, if you had 100,000, you make 20% the first year, that's 120,000. You make 20% on top of 120, that's another 20, what is it, 24,000 on top of 20. Now you're up to 144. So if you lose 20 of 144, you lose 20 of 144, not 20 of 100,000. Let's say the original principle. So but we, Aaron, make 4.83. So let's summarize. After three years, your buddy makes 20, he makes 20 again and loses 20, and you've only made 4.83% for three years. 
would you assume your buddy should be way ahead of the game still? Should be. Should be. Nope. Guess what? They're exactly the same because that 20% brought it down that much. Now, the average rate of return, if you just take 20 you know, uh, times 3 divided by 3, you come up with 6.7. That's not the accurate way. See, Wall Street a lot of times advertises average rates of return, but you have to look at actual yield. That's what you actually made money on. And we won't get into the details of that, folks, but that's the kind of thing we do. We understand numbers. We understand waiting it out. We understand safety and security. And in this example, without a bunch of sleepless nights, basically you'd have the same thing if you just played it safe. So maybe that's you. You're sitting there saying, well, Tony, first of all, I don't have a retirement specialist. I don't have a fiduciary that's working in my best interest. It seems like everybody's always working in their best interest and I get left over with the crumbs. Or maybe you're sitting there with a 401k, an old 401k. Maybe you're getting ready to retire. Maybe you're like Carlos and you're just tired of playing the stock market game and you're okay with some money in the market but not as much, and you want to figure out how much to put over there, well, why don't we talk? It's easy to do. In fact, all you got to do to meet and meet with me in person or talk by phone is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Now, once there, you're going to hit the Let's Get Started button, and that will take you to one of our friendly staff who will gather your information confidentially and, again, arrange for a brief conversation with myself or one of our fiduciaries. And if it's warranted, I will be happy to meet with you in person at either our Bowling Green Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky offices. Give us a call at 877-499-WALK. That's 877-499-9255. Or again, log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Worry-Free Retirement. I'll look forward to seeing you next week. But you remember, between now and then, if all else fails, you be worry-free. Make it a good one. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.